Hey, this is Don. Yes, David is not here with us. Uh, he had to go out of town on our regular recording day, and uh, this past weekend was his wife's, the lovely Katie Himmel's birthday, so he was doing his due diligence as a loving and supportive husband. So, today's episode is going to be a compilation of about 20, every week, we do six things. We, we recommend six things for you to do that we think are notable either something to read or listen to or watch or check out. So today's episode is simply a, a compilation of about 24 things that I thought were still evergreen and notable that you should probably check out. So if you're still listening, check out uh, today's episode, which is 24 freaking things. Best of best of edition, I guess. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. My first thing is a watch. It is watch at home with Amy Sedaris. I couldn't even tell you what, I think it's on True TV maybe, I don't know, but look it up. Katie's, Amy Sedaris is great. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. know, okay. She's David. a comedian? David's yeah. brother. Yeah. David, did you say David's brother? Yeah. It's David's brother. She. She's a lot funnier uh, than David. Dude, this show is fucking hilariously weird and smart uh she's like a homemaker and she's doing this homemaker like food network kind of show but yeah it's it's just everything is it's in, in it's in bizarro world uh so it's fantastic right. uh, at home with amy with amy sedaris at home with amy sedaris my first is a watch um given our topic today i want you to watch 2002's adaptation mm. oh yeah um, Spike Jones. It's uh, Nicolas Cage in dual roles. Yeah. It's brilliant, and it, get, it, it, it what it opens up is it asks questions about what is art, what is an artist, what is a writer, and it's an adaptation by a brilliant filmmaker of a book that had no business being a film. Right, and so yeah. I highly recommend adaptation two thousand two. Find it on Amazon. Get it. Yep. So my, my next thing is, is a read. It's, uh, it was published in New York Magazine in March. Uh, the headline is, A New Role for Democratic Centrists, Helping the Left Win. It's a short article. It just puts things in perspective in a mellow, thoughtful sort of way. There you go. I like mellow and thoughtful. All right, my second, all of mine are, are, are sort of themed... Based on what we Look talked about. Look at this fucking Second thing I'm going to say, it's a watch. Told you. It's a watch. It's a watch. It is one of my favorite documentaries from 2010. It is uh, called Exit Through oh, the Gift Shop. Awesome. It's all about Banksy. And in terms of being an artist who actually doesn't make any money on his art or her art or their art, um, the anonymous artist that does this grand spectacle is quite amazing, and I think Exit Through the Gift Shop is one of the best documentaries about a rogue artist creating art for no other reason than I than, than he can create the art. 
Exit through the gift Banksy trap. Banksy is an artist. If you're not doing Banksy shit, you're not a fucking writer. Hmm. There you uh, go. Okay, so speaking of themes, uh, this one, I'll, I'll put this one in, in, in with our theme tonight. It's a do. Do the work. Do the fucking work. Get off Facebook. Stop asking, am I a writer? I don't know how to... Eh. Fucking write. Get it published. Put it out there. Get your own blog. It's like a hundred bucks a year for a Squarespace website. You know, come on. Do the work. Try and make a little money. Shut the fuck up. And do the work. All right. And my final is... The less of uh, inspiring watches. It is a 2002 documentary entitled "My Kid Could Paint yeah. That." If you are not familiar with this this documentary, it is basically about a child, a five year old kid, five year old girl, who is discovered as a savant, brilliant, abstract painter. Mm. Her paintings go from like her dad is like promoting her, go from like you know like oh here's this five year old painting it. To literally commanding two hundred and three hundred thousand dollars a painting, going in major art galleries and all this kind of stuff, it's an extraordinary that this five year old kid is painting these abstract art that people are going fucking ape shit about and are spending way more money than either of any of the three of us have ever made, only to discover in the like, and I'm just gonna fucking spoil it because if you haven't seen it, fuck you. Is that Cancer. midway through? What a dick. Yeah, and I've and, no, I've never <laughs> seen no, I've never seen a documentary do this where the document where the documentarian figures out that it's not the the five year old kid that's painting oh, these shit. things, that it's her dad <laughs> painting these things. And it's the first time I've ever seen in a documentary where the documentarians sit in their car outside the house and go, "Oh, fuck, we've been making this documentary about this girl, and we've been had." And that's what, I'm telling you, it's a great documentary. It talks about art, the links people will go to, to create art. Um, it's it's brilliant. My kid could paint that 2002. Can you, can you see? My first thing is, uh, it's a watch. Uh, watch on Netflix season two of Mindhunter. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. God, it's good. I will say the, the only, it's not even an issue, the only minor disappointment is that the first season um the, the the actor who plays the um the kemp character the like the main big serial killer that kemper ed kemp, kemper ed kemper thank you yeah he's only in there once yeah he's just have you seen the second s- season yet this well it's so funny because you had told me that you were gonna you were gonna do this as the six things yeah and i thought well i should at least watch one episode okay now you know dana is not big into tv right and so she's the other night this i mean this is like three nights ago uh-huh um, she said, what are you going to do? I said, I think I'm going to watch the first episode of season two. So at least I have a frame because I loved season one. Right. And she said, well, I'll, you know, I'll watch it with you. And so we went to the bedroom and we watched the recap of season one. She went, all right, I'm in. I'm in. This yeah. sounds interesting. That first night we watched fucking six hours uh-huh. of it. We watched, and then we watched two more and then we finished it last night. Yep. And it was like, because she never gets into the binge thing, but she was like, we were, both of us were just like, let's watch another one. It's so good. And it's really fucking, dude, I don't know if he's using like makeup or CGI or a combination of two, but Berkowitz and Manson look 
fucking like they resurrected yeah. him from fucking the grave. It's uncanny how the good Ber- that is. The Berkowitz one weirded me out even more than the Manson because Manson's a little yeah. easier because you can he's got yeah. the beard and the longer hair. And- but, he, but that's the thing is if you know what that actor looks like that played Ooh, Manson, yeah, and then to have Manson's face on him, and, and like I said, I can't decide if it's make. I'm sure we'll find out at some point, but makeup or CGI or a combination of two. But Jesus Christ, yeah. that was creepy. And it was awesome. But the, the, Ed Kemper's not in it as much, which is unfortunate because that character so was. In, but they make up for it, I think, with the weird things going on with the other detectives, with Bill. Uh, oh, Bill Tench. Bill Tench, with what's going on with his family. That, yeah, that was brilliant. Gets fascinating. So, yeah. Yeah. Mindhunter, season two. That's my thing. Absolutely. Okay. Along those lines, uh, since we're talking about. Uh, 1999, going back 20 years. <laughs> um, and you just mentioned David Fincher, because uh-huh. Mindhunter. Mindhunter, right. Um, I'm going to suggest that you revisit Fight Club for two reasons. I think it's a brilliant film, because Fincher's a brilliant director. Polonik is, uh, is a brilliant writer, and I love that thing. You've got Brad Pitt at the height of his game. You've got Ed Norton at the height of his game. Um, and what I will say is you probably misunderstood that movie. Mm-hmm. So watch it again. So, you know, it's not about a, 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 an embrace of hyper violence and toxic masculinity. Cause yeah. that's not what it's about. It's At a all. satire. Watch it again. Fight club. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. Uh, my next thing is a read. Uh, it's read Cokeland, uh, by Christopher, oh, yeah. by Christopher Leonard. It's a new book. Um, it's about the Koch brothers and Koch Industries. Uh, today, as we record this, uh, it was reported that David Koch, the younger brother, yeah, has died. Which makes the world just a slightly better place. I'm going to do some math on this, but he was worth $50.5 billion, and he donated $1 billion, I guess, over his lifetime to charity. I want to see, percentage-wise, if that's more or less than what I gave to charity last year. Just out of curiosity. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. All right, um, cool. If you can't read the whole book, you can at least listen to Fresh Air. Had an interview uh, last week, I think, with with the writer Christopher Leonard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they talked about it. it's really f- the secret history of um, the Coke, Coke industry. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's yeah, interesting how, stuff. How they how they made the world a worse place. But how they, they found it. But here's the thing: the takeaway. Like, forget that they're villains, right? Like that they're bad guys and greed. Forget all that shit. If the left was as patient and as oh, yeah. smart and as strategic as the villainous Koch brothers have been. We'd be in we'd be shape. fucking fine. Well, that's yeah. because ultimately, ultimately, watching the conservative right and the progressive left uh, play chess is effectively like watching a seasoned, older person takes their time and strategizes playing with a highly emotional 13-year-old. I'll I'll do you one better. Um it's like watching uh it's like watching me eat a bowl of spaghetti with a yes. fork, spaghetti and meatballs with a fork and knife and I'm taking my time not to splatter red sauce all over my white shirt and watching my one and a half year old son eat spaghetti and meatballs where there's there shit in his fucking ears and on the walls and my son is the left. I yes. am the I'm conservative the right. patient. In, yeah. In in that in that. All right. So my second thing is a listen. Still going back to 1999. Mm-hmm. 
one of my favorite albums of 1999. I'd look back and I was like, what, what, what did I really love about 90? And it tells you exactly where I was at yeah. in 1999. I want you to download, David. Okay. And listen to, in its entirety, The Fragile Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Because that was, out of 1999, that was one of my top five albums of that year. I listened to the shit out of that thing. And it really, I it really, that thing is going back and listening to some of that stuff. I went, oh, I know exactly what frame of mind I was in 1999. Um. So I had like two other things. Give me half a second to look it up because I can't remember the name of the damn movie now. Um, well, I was going to say, uh, sticking with the theme of, of time travel, is watch Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> oh, yeah, why not? That's a great yeah, – Flight of the Navigator <laughs> is great Because it's such stuff. a great, weird movie. Um, there's like weird twisted sister jokes in there. Yep. <laughs> that, like, totally date the movie, but whatever. Um, well, that what that reminds oh, me of is like when you say "Flight of the Navigator," I'm thinking like in terms of my my upbringing, it's like you know, watch the last last Starfighter, yeah, which is sort of like my version of that for you. You know, it's like all right. So what I was gonna say though is I was thinking of a mo- of a weird movie that I loved around 1999, but it didn't come out in 99. It came out the year before. Uh, it's called Kissing a Fool with uh, Jason Lee, David Schwimmer. Oh my God, that's right. And holy it's, shit. It was such like a weird sleeper failure. Like it's oh, got yeah, it 29% was on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's, oh, yeah, it's not terrible. a bad movie. Eh. It's David Schwimmer, I think, at his funniest. Um, boy, and that, boy, David Schwimmer at his funniest is sort of like, uh, that's like, uh, I don't know. That's it's like, like it's like being the, the, the sar- best of the sar- JV team. Sardines at their least salty. Sure. I mean, come on. Fair enough. But I just, I love that. And it takes place in Chicago. And I just, I don't know. It's, again, like where I was, you know, it's a romantic comedy, yeah. whatever. Um, plus, our good friend Rory Zacker is in that film. Oh, my God. Now, it's, see, now I have to so, watch it again. But it, it yeah. came out in 98, so it doesn't totally stick with the theme. Yeah, well, I was but watching right. it a lot in 99. But anyway, all there right. you go. And my third thing is, is uh, exactly, it's, it's, a, it's a read. It's an Esquire article. And it is something I think 40-year-old David needs to read. Because when I read this, I thought, wow, this is, uh, first of all, this guy's a fucking badass. Yeah. And second of all, this sounds like a, an alternate career for David Himmel. That if, you know, if, if things are playing out and you know, it's really, really not working for you, this is a direction to go. It is called... Inside the twisted worldwide hunt for a $7 million stolen car. <laughs> it is by Staten Bonner. It's an Esquire.com. And it's basically about this guy who this is what he does. He he's 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 he searches for stolen shit. And this but I love this description. I just want you to hear this description. Joe. 62 is more Magnum P.I. than Sam Spade. Tall, trim, (laughs) tan, usually wearing a fitted polo or a Hawaiian shirt, drinks sweet tea by the gallon and speaks like the New Orleans native he is. Likes to swim and dive for lobsters and drive boats. He recently cruised on a 65-footer down to Utila, this coral reef island off the coast of Honduras, he says. It was incredible. Diving with whale sharks and <gasps> drinking with outlaws, one guy didn't come back. And I went, okay, this is a 62-year-old guy who did not go 
Oh, my life is so shitty. I wish I was 20 again. This is a guy who went, so what do I want to do now? I want to fucking, I want to be a private eye looking for $7 million stolen cars. And I want to dive with whale sharks and maybe have one of my friends die on the way. This is a guy. That's my dude. That's That guy's that's my what, spirit animal. That's what I'm saying. So you should read this article and go, God, should right. I be a private eye? You know, that's an opportunity. I mean, you don't really need a degree for it. You just got to be able to do it. You got to yeah. do some research. You've got the research ability. I can be a... T- can I talk like uh <laughs> If you walk around and talk like this, hey, hey, hey. I'm David Himmel. It's like, no, that's not going to work. Can I, I, I narrate, can can I narrate my own day? <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. It's like you walk around and suddenly you're talking in your third person, narrating your day. That would be funny. Oh, God, it's 7.30. I slept in my alarm again. When am I going to get my run in? The kid's already up. The wife's sound asleep. The dog just punched me in the nut bag. Uh, it must be Friday. You walk up and you meet a client. You meet a client. You say, hi, yeah. Hi, I'm David Himmel. And you shake his hand. His, and then all of a sudden you say to the guy's face, yeah. and his handshake was like holding a wet fish. <laughs> <laughs> My first thing is uh, it's a watch. And it's watched Joker, if you haven't seen Joker yet. I, I realize I'm a little late to the game on this. It's good. I watched it on a Southwest flight, which I was surprised that it was so easily available because if I'd been sitting next to a child or somebody who was offended by the Super Bowl halftime show, yeah. they would have been disgusted because it's not an excessively violent movie, but there's it's moments. It's a violent movie. There's yeah, moments. There's moments of violence, yeah. Um, it's a, we don't mind violence. We just don't like sex in this country. Yeah, Ew. Yeah, especially Titties when it's boobs, when it's dicks. when it's women. Ew, if yeah. it's women, grody. That's wrong, and they're teaching girls that they should just put their put their pussies all over the place. <laughs> and it's gross, icky. All right. Uh, so yeah, Joker. Yeah, I I I was <laughs> I liked it. I mean, it was a. I, yeah, I think it's a great it, movie. I don't think it was a perfect movie, but Joaquin no, Phoenix no. is of course great. I loved. That it wasn't a goofy comic book Joker, you know. I liked what it dealt with. That argument at the beginning, before this thing came out, or right after it came out, that it was like incel. This is just encouraging white men. Is the most insane, idiotic, ridiculous, backwards, retrograde fucking thinking that I've probably heard in the entire Trump era from our woke friends, right? Oh, it's not the most. I've I've heard worse. Oh but, my uh... god, it's up there though. Come on. This movie is dealing with mental health issues, uh, economic divides. Uh, it's dealing with shit that gets the woke up in the morning. Yes, it does. Uh, I, you know, it's but a great movie. It's, it's a great I think movie. Joaquin Phoenix yeah. is great in it. Yeah, it's a great uh, movie. My, so watch my first one is my first one is a watch as well, and it's just it's just the throwback, and it's one of those things that if you want things to work, you have to understand how everything is basically very much the same. Yeah, and it's uh, Errol Morris. Fast, cheap, and out of control. It is a documentary where he follows and interviews a naked mole rat scientist. <laughs> a guy who makes a guy who makes a guy who makes uh, r- robots. Um, a topiary garden uh, guy, a guy that does topiary garden, yeah. and a lion tamer, and these four very, very different, incredibly different. Uh, professions. At a certain point, he starts to intercut the interviews with images and and footage of the other guy's 
thing and you start to see how incredibly similar these very strange men with their very strange professions are and you start to see how we're all very much the same no matter how weird we are and that is one of the things that i i take that message and i look at our history and say yeah we're we've been here before this is exactly like that and finding those intersections so fast cheap and out of control errol morris all right my next thing is is also another watch or is also a watch i think it's on hbo there are three episodes in total second one came out last i think set two days ago saturday McMillions. Mm. So it's this three-part documentary about the Monopoly game at McDonald's and how and the, this gigantic ripoff that was that had been happening with yeah. It. There was a huge BuzzFeed article on it, right? Yeah, like yeah. a couple of years ago. That was fascinating. Yeah, it it really is, and the show is it's <laughs> it's interesting and it's really kind of funny because the FBI agent that was leading this thing is a really funny dude. Like he's a really likable funny dude and it's kind of disappointing that he's an fbi agent because 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 there you go police yeah yeah, yeah, whatever so mcmillions on hbo all right my second is i don't know if you've heard about this but uh a white woman with a puerto rican mom wrote a book about mexican woman uh becoming an immigrant with her family um it's called (laughs) american dirt and here's the thing is, I mean, everybody from Stephen King to Oprah Winfrey to the New York Times, everybody thinks this is a brilliant fucking novel. I've not read the novel because um, the minute it hit, uh, the, the more strident activists on the left got very pissed off that it was a white woman that wrote this story. And how the fuck does she know? This is a long read. So you can find it at longreads.com. It is called American Dirt, A Bridge to Nowhere by Sarah Minkedic. Um, and it, it is, it is, I, uh, she definitely falls on the side of, oh, it's terrible for a white woman to write about Mexican experience. However, it's a really even handed and smart way of kind of examining why that might be an issue that, uh, people might have. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. I have not read the mo- the book. I'll see the movie. Uh, <laughs> is it going to be a movie? I'm sure it'll probably, be a movie. Yeah, probably. Fucking everybody and their dog said it was brilliant. So well, we better and have a star, and it'll star Scarlett Johansson yeah. as a Mexican woman. Yeah, and, and it'll be directed by Stephen King. Absolutely, or uh, Steven Spielberg. Whatever, like I it matters. Say, if it was Stephen King, it'd be like Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, is, I love Stephen King, but he is a shit director. Like it even matters. They're all white men, and they're all awful. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck. Every, all anybody wants is fucking memoirs. Like, shut up. I just shut up. I. Ugh. Yeah, that story annoys me. Now I'm annoyed. All right, sorry to annoy you. What's it's your third? fine. You know what will help me be less annoyed? Is if you come to Bug House tomorrow night, or tonight, right? When is this dropping? Tonight? It's tonight. Yes, yeah. it's tonight. And, it, and you can come to Bug House if you are in Chicago or in Las Vegas. That's Because right. both Bug Houses, it's very rare for us to have Bug Houses simultaneously across the quantum realm. We're tag-teaming we Bug House. Yeah, one in Chicago, one in Las Vegas, tonight. Uh, and what is the one in Las Vegas about? What, what um, topics see, are you guys covering? See, your, yeah, your topics were all like, hey, let's do the Valentine marriage thing. Because none of yours are actually debates. Oh, sure they are. Oh, this come is, on. I'm, I'm most excited about this one because you're it's great, all about... You're great. No, you're great. That's not a debate. It is a, This is about love, man. We're, we're, upon, we're on the eve of, of Valentine's yeah, those, Day. These are comic so we're putting couples. But... We're putting couples together to deal with issues that can cause serious rifts in a relationship. 
Okay, well, we didn't we didn't do that here in Las Vegas. We actually remembered that Bug House is a debate show, and so we did Love Hurts or is a mini splintered thing in honor of uh, the holiday of Valentine's yeah. Day. Um, then uh, Erica Kuharski, who's a stand-up comic here in town, she does L.A. Um, she and I are arguing the pronoun thing, mountain or molehill. Mm-hmm. And then I threw Dana German uh, under the bus. She and a guy named Joshua Fisher from Las Vegas are arguing exactly what we're talking about. Democracy, dead or alive. Yeah. um, That's great and all. But I think what really matters is how do you properly load a dishwasher? Is it this way? Yeah. Or is it this way? Yeah, you pretty much went, went while while I went, you know, because we uh, what's our policy is that we're going to have uh, a political, a cultural, and a stupid. Yeah, you went all three stupid, and I went all three. I went political. love, man. Love, no, you love went, is what matters. You know, I you're great. No, you're great. Is I'm sure it's going to be adorable, but I'm sure there's not much discourse going to be in that one. It's I mean I I'm sure it's AJ and it's Lindsay and it's going to be funny, but there's not much meat on that bone, my friend. Yeah, well. It's Not still going to be funny shit. So if you're so if you're in Chicago and you're freezing your nuts off because I'm it's seventy degrees here in Las Vegas. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Suck if you're freezing fart. your nuts off. Go over to the Haymarket, have a beer, and enjoy the fun. There's always debate in love, no matter how silly the topic. That's what makes love awful. And my third, my third thing, uh, I'm sure over the last couple of years you've heard about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp. Like yeah. Basically, Amber Heard coming out and saying Johnny Depp was abusive to her, and and that she wants half his money, and it's like, and then Johnny Depp got Johnny Depp got canceled, and then he was put in the the fucking Harry Potter sequel movie, and everybody was like, oh fuck Johnny Depp because he abused Amber Heard <laughs> and all this shit, right? Yeah. My third thing is I want you to go to the YouTube channel Incredibly Average. It's called Incredibly Average, and he has got. Apparently, Amber Heard recorded a whole series. I mean, we're talking like like a, like an hour, hour and a half of conversations between she and Johnny Depp, arguments that they had. And was, argue, it, you know, was it about the dishwasher or whether the dog no, should sleep was, on the bed? No, it was it was about it. But, it, but the, basically what it comes down to is if you listen to it, what you realize is all the traditional Here's how a man gaslights a woman. Here's how he punches her in the face and then excuses it. Here's how he treats her like shit and then screams at her and tells her she's a piece of shit. All of that, now imagine it reversed. Because if you listen to these recordings, you walk away and go, holy fuck, Amber Heard's a complete dick and Johnny Depp was just trying to have a nice day. I mean, you listen to these, (laughs) you listen to this shit, and I mean... You know, her one of her biggest things is when she got violent or got really angry, he'd just leave because he didn't want to get hit and screamed at. It's fair. And she was like, like Bo, no, but I'm telling you, if you want to hear the flip side of this horse shit Amber Heard's been spinning and that we all bought and people were all across the world going, believe her, listen to these and suck it up your ass because I'm telling you, she's a horrible, horrible person. And you feel, I listened to these and I went, God damn it. Poor Johnny Depp has been dragged about this for like the last four years. Yeah. And she was such a gaslighting, abusive piece of shit to him. Oh, I felt so bad listening to this. I don't even know who she is. Like, is she an actor? What what has she been in? She was in uh, the Aquaman movie. She was uh, his girlfriend. I mean, that's so forgettable. Everything about that film is forgettable. She was in... uh, I don't know what else she was in. I don't give a shit. I I just think it's funny that... 
that she oh she was in the rum diary that's right okay in in the me too era note if you're gonna try to if you're gonna try to take your 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 spouse and, and make him out as a fucking abusive piece of shit pretty much don't record your conversations with him that point you out to be the abusive one. It's a really bad idea because somebody will find that recording. <laughs> I'm just going to say, because it's just like, what the fuck? I listened to this stuff and I was just like, wow, she's a total dickhead. Yeah. I, I will mean, have to listen to that. A, there's this whole thread where she's like, okay, just admit it. I didn't punch you. I didn't punch you. It, was, it wasn't a full slap, but I didn't have a closed fist. This was a conversation they had. Wow. All right. And if and if you reverse the genders on that, that doesn't that sound like, you know, I mean, that's I was just like, that's crazy. So Incredibly Average is the YouTube page? Incredibly Average. Uh, I don't think you have to subscribe to it, but it's on there. And that's where I found it. And I was like, holy fuck. Oh, there's a lot of them here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Stop she, running, coward, she says to him. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I meant to hit you. Uh-huh. What the uh, dude, I'm telling you. Nobody will believe you're a victim, Johnny. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm telling you, man. This is it's pretty ugly. It's a fun revert. Oh, it's 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 <laughs> fucking hysterical. I just love watching people melt down. Uh my first thing uh is uh you know what it's gonna be a read. Uh this came out the other day, uh on July 15th. Uh it's an article in the New York Times by Daniel Berger. White fragility is everywhere, but does anti-racism training work? Subheadline: Robert D'Angelo's bestseller is giving white Americans a new way to talk about race. Do those conversations actually serve the cause of equality? There you go. It's a read. Check it out. My first one is a watch. In fact, all three of mine are a watch. My first one is a watch. It is to watch Jim Jeffries' Intolerant on Netflix it is rare. There are only two stand-up comedians that that, that I've wa- that I watch on regularity whenever they do a special that actually make. I mean, there's lots of comedians that I laugh, kind of ha ha ha. Oh, that was really clever. That was really funny. There are only two that just fucking make me stop, pause the goddamn video, and laugh my fucking ass off. That is Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries, and this is his. It's so. The thing I want to say is not only is it funny. It is so meticulously well-written and well-crafted that I've watched it twice. Once to watch it, and the second time to watch how he crafted it so I can steal it. I love it. I love things like that, yeah. Yeah. So good. Cool. Um, All right, my next thing is a listen. Uh, It's listen to uh, the artist Margot Price. Uh, She had a new album come out earlier this week, um, or last week, I guess. Uh, That's How Rumors Get Started is the name of the album. It's it's real mellow, but it's it's beautiful. She has a beautiful voice. Her, her backing band is amazing. Um, but it's mellow stuff, so give it a go. Rock and roll. My second is a watch. The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron. Um, it is a Netflix film. It is about a, a, a race of human beings that are immortal. They can get shot, and then they, you know, then they don't die. And they oh, are they're like, immortal, okay. Well, they're immortal. And they're like internet, but I mean, it's not like they the bullets bounce off of them. They die, and then mm. they wake back up, kind of thing. And uh, they're as old as God. And one of the things I really liked about it, I like this movie quite a bit because they're like assassins or like do-gooder assassin type things. But uh, the love story in it, because you got you know, if you're gonna have a thing about immortal people, dude, you gotta have a love story, right? Yeah. 
and the love story, and it is a really beautiful, wonderful relationship, is between, first of all, two men and a Palestinian and a Jew. No! It's a real, it oh, is a God. really fucking lovely... It's so good. Oh, I really God. like it. I really oh, like God. it. I mean, they're yeah. not actually Palestinian Jew because it's oh, before... Oh, thank they God. Were, Wait a they minute. were born and fought... They fought each other before they fell in love, long before there was an Israel. But wait, are they played? Is the Palestinian played by a Palestinian, and is the Jew yes. played by? Oh, okay, because I was yes. really angry. No, no, it is. There's right. no cultural appropriation in that one. And this isn't Hancock, because it sounds a little like Hancock. Immortal this love is, story. No, no, okay. No, no, this is not. And Charlie's uh, right. Third, yeah. No, this is yeah. no. No, Will Smith. No, uh, no. Because uh, I kind of oh, like Hancock. I think Hancock. I do. Is a I love good it. I think Hancock's film. a great movie. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. The Old Guard. Right. You got to watch the Old Guard. They're not right. superheroes. They're just immortal. I love it. Uh, so my next thing, or my last thing, is another listen. Um, Bob Nana, who is a Chicago local, he's a musician. Uh, if you don't know him, look him up. Um, huge punk rock emo guy in, in Midwestern punk and emo. Um, lead singer of the, the, the band Braid, um, which is one of my favorite bands. Anyway, I'm a big fan of Bob's shit, and he's got his first solo album released under his own name. He's done like projects, solo projects under different names, but this is the first one that he's released under his own name, Bob Nana. It's called Celebration States, and it's a breakup album. It's, again, it's mellow, uh, but it's about his divorce that he went through and like going through the shit, and then at the very end, there's light at the end of that tunnel and he comes out of it. It's, uh, it's, it's great, so give that a listen. Bob Nana, Celebration States. All right, and my last is a watch that you have to rent. Because it would be in theaters, but we don't have theaters anymore. So you can rent it on Prime or iTunes. But it is, uh, it is, uh, oh shit, now I can't think of uh, his name. Daily Show, John. John Stewart. Okay, thank you. Let me back up. I'll redo that. Mm -hmm. It is a watch. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you, you can't see it in theaters because there are no more theaters. And you're going to rent it on Amazon Prime or iTunes. But it's John Stewart. He wrote and directed a movie. It's called Irresistible. It stars Steve Carell. And here's what I liked about this movie. And Rose Byrne. It's, and Rose Byrne. Who's amazing. It's, yeah. Yeah. It starts and it feels like a satire. And it tells you exactly what it's going to do. And then... You watch this movie, and for two hours, it feels almost like a copycat of like a 1990s romantic comedy, with a couple of like absurdist bits in it. But but it, it feels like a 1990s romantic comedy set in, a, in an election, a mayoral election in the middle of Wisconsin. Yeah. And 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 I have to admit it, but at one point, I'm literally watching this movie, going, I expected so much better from John Stewart. I mean, this is just sort of like cookie cutter. It's like, oh man, he's really past his prime. <laughs> and then the last 10 minutes, it becomes a satire of itself. It's brilliant. Mm. The ending makes it all worthwhile. It is such a great journey. I absolutely love this. I've, I've thought about this movie ever since I saw it. Not because of the movie itself, but sort of this journey. And he kind of lulls you into this sort of like, oh, okay, this is sort of this bland 1990s. I like Steve Carell. He's funny. Chris Cooper's good as the mayor. Mm -hmm. And then something happens and you go, you motherfucking <laughs> dick. You fucking got me. I love it. I, ha I highly recommend it. All right, there it is.
All right, and, and that that's is the, the show. show. Don't be too white out there. Don't be too white by all means. And God. if you are, and if you are black, own please own your your lack of self reliance, your lack of objective <laughs> rational thinking. Do not oh. believe in hard work. No, but um, these, but they do have not that. respect authority. But they have that um, because they've been Americanized by our whiteness. That's absolutely do fuck. not believe that intent counts. Um, and and always uh, uh, be be like don't avoid conflict. Be conflict and 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 avoid intimacy. Yeah, that's you know, don't be white. Because white is apparently the worst thing you can be. I, I think um, being it, it's it sounds like that uh, being Robin D'Angelo is the worst thing you can be because you're breaking America, girl. And that's the show. Is it? <laughs> that, it certainly is. We're gonna leave it at that because that was like, oh. <laughs> no, no. hey, oh by the way, I'm gonna end the show with hey. this lead fart. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, it sounded so much cooler in my head. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so many things do. Whatever. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.